a Podcast One production. In the Cats Lounge today, we have Charles Firth, Chris Taylor and Andrew Hanson. My name is Dom Knight. Now, guys, ready for a trip to North Korea? Ooh, yes, please. Cannot wait. Cats pyjamas or cat piss with the chaser. Now, Charles Firth, before we get into some facts about North Korea and just how different it is, you have actually been there. So you can actually fact-check some of my facts as we go through. Yeah, I can I can be the person with the clipboard saying yes and no to all the facts of this. Were uh, you the original Dennis Rodman? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. I, I, Except for my skin colour, I am basically exactly right. Dennis Rodman. You were there brokering mm. peace. Yep negotiating I, I actually, arms deals. I was. I was there with my aunt and it was actually part of a diplomatic thing. I was there. I was there. I was one of the first Western journalists, quote unquote, to be allowed to go in. <laughs> no, you weren't. The standard for journalism yeah. must yeah. be pretty low. I, no, and, I don't and, and, yeah, don't object to Western or first to go in, but journalist. And Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And my, and my aunt had a diplomatic role in the New South Wales Parliament. She was the president of the parliament. Yeah. And, 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 and probably and, the North Koreans thought that meant she was the leader of the parliament rather than the, the sort well, of speaker of the upper house. Well, and the thing is that uh, the president of the parliament does actually have a diplomatic role. Like, her job was to go and represent New South Wales Parliament to other parliaments around the world. What did North Korea's right. parliament that make well, of we, New South Wales? We New South Wales saw, have a trade deal actually, with North Korea? We went and saw um, the, the New North Korean parliament actually as part of the trip. Right. And it, it meets once a year. <laughs> once <laughs> so, a year? Yes. Did it get a lot done? It wasn't, uh, it wasn't meeting the day that we went. But... Um, <laughs> Well, yes, everything, we, we were told, everything that they voted was unanimous. Well, this is the first thing. <laughs> Just one guy yeah. asking himself Dorothy Dix's and yeah. voting yes. This is the first thing I wanted to ask, actually, um, in terms of North Korea facts. Can I just ask, I don't know anyone else who's been to North Korea. Yeah. Is there a lonely planet for North Korea? No, there was, there was nothing. There was actually very, the only books I could read going in were things like, and the gulags are going to kill you, you know, and, right. you know, and just all mm-hmm. about the, especially a lot of stuff on the political prisoners and, and how awful they are. And to, that's just in their travel magazine. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, forget <laughs> the planet, it's just lonely, North Korea. It must be the only country mm. that doesn't have a lonely planet. Because, you know, when you go to the, the bookshop, <laughs> And, like, Lonely Planet has its whole aisle oh, yeah. to itself. Yeah. It, like, you know. Oh, yeah. I think made-up countries. There's though. suburbs you know, there of Australia countries. that have their own guide, but not, <laughs> not North Korea. No, not North Korea. It's a real industry. And so I guess that shows how closed off it was. Then they invited Charles Firth in and then the door slammed shut for many years to come. But it is quite different. Let's talk about uh, North Korea's democracy. Tell me if this is cat's pyjamas or cat's piss. In North Korea, they have elections every five years. Yes, they do. Mm. But there is one name on the ballot list. However, <laughs> if you want to choose someone else, you're allowed to do that. You can cross the name out and write in another name, <laughs> but there's, it's not anonymous or private and they'll know that you did it. Is that a good system? Cat's pyjamas or cat's piss? <laughs> Turn out it's 100%, by the way. Oh, look, I, for me, who, who finds ballot papers incredibly confusing, yeah. I think that's cat's pyjamas. I mean, I'd love it if we only had one thing that you had to tick instead of that ridiculous, bloody enormous bedsheet-sized ballot mm. paper that we have. Thousands of millions. I mean, I know you guys are political junkies and you vote below the line and you number them from <laughs> 1 to 604 or whatever. You've told me about that. That is I can, I can barely even come up with a one. Yeah. Uh, the set of I, ballot papers not big enough for Dom. He'd like mm. to devote a whole weekend. <laughs> to just, I do. I'm very boring. I spend all the time because huh? there's people you want to vote last. There's always yeah. someone who you want to give the oh, honour no, of being about, 600th or something. There's always about 
ten people you want to vote last. That's that's actually the problem is which one to put last. Should we then simplify our election so that there's only one or maybe two choices? I, I think in the Australian Senate, absolutely, it should just be one choice. And then, and then you wouldn't have all these minor parties. Corey Bernardi, yes or yes, that's yeah. what I want. Yeah. yeah. Can can you preview the ballot papers? Because you know, I, it's no secret I'm a bit of a foodie, and mm. if so, if I'm going to a restaurant that I know has a quite an extensive menu, mm. I'll do my research going in, and that's look, true. I'll look up online, sort of oh. work out my order, mm. so you? I don't waste time <laughs> when I'm in that pressure zone with the waiter having to give, give an order. <laughs> can can you do that with the Senate ballot paper <laughs> and get a preview so you work out your strategy? So you, you're all good to go when you're finally in that cardboard booth? I think you go even further. I think what they should do is use Senate ballot papers as tablecloths in restaurants. Ah. And everyone can sit down, have your meal, yes. take a bit of time, consider who you want to vote for. Have and a meal it. with each candidate and then oh, like, that, have that a, a one-on-one session, maybe speed dating, just do six minutes with each of them. And if you <laughs> spill a bit of tomato sauce on someone's name, that means you didn't want to vote for them. Look, yeah. I, I think in fairness to North Korea, though, just getting back to <laughs> their ballot paper, um, Everyone in North Korea is called Kim. So maybe actually it is about a whole lot of choices, but it's all just the same name. They've all got the same name. Yeah. <laughs> I do. It, it cuts pyjamas for me. What attracts me to the North Korea system is that it's sort of like if none of the above appeal, you can just nominate your own candidate, it seems. Mm. So I think, why don't we have that in Australia? So, you know, you, you sort of get, oh, short and oh, terrible, yeah. no, I don't like it. If you could just cross their names out, North Korea style, yes. and write in the cash cow, I mean, genius, genius. It'd be fun just, to vote. Yeah, or just myself, you know, yourself, you yes. could nominate. I mean, you might even win yeah. if, <laughs> if enough of your friends and you got together. To vote for That's you. pretty much how the Logies works. But, but you know, yeah. you, you do know that in North Korea, if you do write in another candidate, um, you would be sent off to re-education camps. <laughs> like, it, that would probably be several years in a gulag. Oh, yeah, and, and I, I think that's a good out. idea, though, Charles, because if you can't work out how to vote in a system where there's one name, you probably do need re-education. But, look, the good news for North Korea, there's a, there's a near 100% turnout in the election. Is there? And they're all won by the Democratic Front for the Reunification of the Fatherland. And to be fair, North Korea, it is a Democratic Front to have elections with one candidate. <laughs> all right, let's move on. The next uh, fact from North Korea, this is fantastic. Now, you know that in North Korea they're a bit short of resources. So what they need Mm. to do to fertilise their crops... Certainly short of political candidates. Yes, indeed, is they they use human faeces as their fertiliser and to make sure there's enough, they go around and collect it. You've got to submit it to make sure that there's enough for the crops because otherwise they can't cook the potatoes. Submit it? What, like through the post box? Like, how do you how do you make a donation? <laughs> Everyone has to produce hundreds of kilograms. It's normally mixed with straws. Everyone has to produce hundreds of kilograms. A day. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of Isn't ironic I... for a place that doesn't have enough food as well. Like how do you how, how do, do you, you actually generate these these logs? People have actually stolen squat toilets oh, from oh. other people so that they can so make their make quota. It a deposit. Mm. Really? To make their quota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Should we amazing. do that though? Cats pajamas or cats piss? Should we collect the feces? And I'm sorry, this is a bit scatological, but we're talking about the war on waste, Bit. guys. <laughs> Should we not collect everything and use it as fertilizer? Isn't that a more eco-friendly way to do it? Isn't, isn't that well, very dangerous? I'm pretty sure if you do that, then 
you, you introduced human diseases into the food into the chain. food. Yeah, I think those poison berries that we keep eating here. I think that some of those were, were maybe blamed on human feces or something, weren't they? Mm. Uh, look, I, I, I think so. Yeah. But, well, but uh, I mean, they've got animals in North Korea, don't they? Why don't we? We just use animal manure, don't we, for our, most of our fertilizer? Of course, they don't have animals. They can't they <laughs> really eat, eat at all. Yeah. But, but the, it might help if I tell you that in North Korea, the main diet is a kind of starchy corn dish. It's about all that they can afford. So mm. everyone's having this vegetarian, you're basically eating fertiliser. So what comes out the other end oh. is probably perfect. Oh, okay. If we For all the, ate, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, just cor- starchy corn, we'd be perfect. Look, I think well, it's okay because we use a lot of human blood in our fertiliser, like blood, blood, and, blood and bone. Blood and bone. Is that so, human, that's not is human. It human blood? What is oh, that, that where blood donors go? No. Oh, don't you use human? <laughs> No, no, it's cow. It's cow. It's bloody You're going around getting murder victims and putting <laughs> dumping them on our crops. Well, it's no, a good, genuinely no good idea. No wonder my jacaranda tree is doing so well. <laughs> Just chopping up like people who come collecting at the door, be they Mormons or for the house with no steps, and go, can I, I'll sign your, you know, forms if I can take some blood. Surely <laughs> cemeteries, though, that have been there for hundreds of years, you could just get the excavator in there. Scoop it all up and and use it as fertilizer. That'd be fantastic. You could, you could, or you could you could just go to um, a rugby league club where <laughs> whose players are known to enjoy a defecation more than your average person, and you know you'd reach your quotas very quickly just by you know going to eastern suburbs and saying, "Have you got this week's pile?" Yeah, well, this is actually you know poo jogging actually originated in North Korea. Oh, did it? Yeah, uh, when we were there, we would go for a poo jog every morning. Oh, look, Kim, Kim must be, be encouraged. He must be desperate to hire the, the, the poo jogger to go around the fields in, in place of a, a cow or a plough and just <laughs> running up and down the rows of crops. Well, you know, I it mean, was started by their leader, former leader, Kim Jog-il. That's a red card joke. Off to the gulag for you. No, I just wanted to give oh. you guys some feces to oh. see if you could fertilise something with it. Apparently oh, not. Oh, no, no, All no, right. off to the... Next uh, next fact about North Korea. I don't know if you did this, Charles, but the most popular attraction in North Korea, the most popular thing to do as a tourist... Other than pooing. Other than pooing. Once you've done that, <laughs> yeah. there's not that much else to do. But what, <laughs> number one thing to do, TripAdvisor in North Korea ranks this number one, visiting the preserved body of Kim Jong-il. Yes. Uh, you're allowed to go and the local guides have a comprehensive knowledge of, of Kim's life and tell you lots of interesting details about his godlike abilities and great achievements. Did you go to the, the I, Slam, Charles? I did and it um, it was the one occasion where I got uh, into genuine trouble from the minders. So everyone who goes to North Korea is given a minder. I was actually given two minders. Because right. you're um, a respected journalist. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and... Um, and we were told, because you've got to walk, like the, the actual mausoleum is like um, about a kilometre away and you actually go in this underground tunnel um, and then come out in this room where the, the dead body's sort of lying in, in wait. Mm. It's very yellow. It's quite waxy. I've, yeah. I've, I saw Chairman Mao who's been there for a bit longer than, than Kim Jong-il. Yeah. And the whole point was that, uh, they said you've got to bow to w- when you get to the front, and everyone was doing it. And I was going, I'm not going to bow to this, you know, fuckwit who you know killed lots of people. You were on a diplomatic visit, Charles yeah, Smith. and and so I didn't. And then afterwards, they got really angry at me, and and they had words with my aunt saying, you know, obviously you're 
your nephew just doesn't respect people in the way that we respect our elders and things like that. So, oh, yeah. Charles, you, you, you could have, you could, that could have been, ended could have been nastily. Yeah, exactly. I'm interested well, in this too because Kim Jong uh, Il apparently used to import $750,000 worth of cognac mm. into North Korea every year. So I'm imagining he started pickling himself long before death, <laughs> yes. actually. Was it well preserved? Could you tell? Uh, it, it was, uh, my main memory is that it was very yellow. Mm. And um, <laughs> racist and, much? Yeah, <laughs> come on. Someone had just done <laughs> like sort of, um, urine as well as manure. I <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> um, and yeah, no, it, it wasn't very impressive. What sort of standard of bow do they require? You know, mm. like there's degrees of mm. bow, and there's just sort of you know when you enter a court in Australia, you kind of get away with just a, <laughs> yeah, a flick, bit of a nod, a bit of a nod. <laughs> and of in the head. Japan, forehead on the on the turf. Yeah, like yeah, are they wanting yeah. a full ninety degree bow, yes. or would forty five cover it? No, like a deep bow is what right. they were almost after. a kind of. Pilates session bout, like almost getting a <laughs> yeah. downward dog yeah. to mm. really show respect. And and the thing is everyone competes against each other to show how Most much difference. You know, how much difference they've got. So they all do it and they all sort of go down really low. Right. Because you know. <laughs> it is it's, really it's a terror state. Like they all are watching each other and, and if you Yeah to dob in. Yeah, yeah. You dob in somebody. He didn't bow that sort of thing. You'd yeah, dob a donkey's a compliment in yeah. North Korea. Yeah, to yeah. keep you fit though. Like, it'd be, oh, it'd be yeah. good for your abs, wouldn't you? Well, if you were really sport. reverential, you'd have great core strength. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. it's great. That's why they're all so slim, either <laughs> that or the starvation. Yeah. So, look, cat's pyjamas or cat's piss, if you visited Pyongyang, would you, uh, Chris, go and check out the dictator's uh, embalmed corpse? According to TripAdvisor, what are my other options? <laughs> like, were, you, were you joking about TripAdvisor? Or, uh, yes. Or, or you are, assuming, but everyone I, has to go. I assume TripAdvisor, unlike Lonely Planet, might actually cover that because I know some people right. do visit North Korea. I'll have a quick yeah. look while you tell me what, whether it's I, Cats or Cats I, um, Look, I think when in Rome, um, I probably would go. Because my hunch, and we, again we defer to Charles and this is the only person who's been, my hunch is that it's not like, there's not going to be a movie world mm. or a dream world. <laughs> no, you, you're no, not gonna, there's no. not going to be a hard rock cafe down mm. in Pyongyang. <laughs> so you're kind of a bit short on things to do. Yeah. So if the one thing that TripAdvisor, well, yay or nay, does recommend is to go and... Um, well, they had, a, they had a table tennis stadium um, as well. Oh, I'd go to that. And, and I oh. said, oh, I really love table tennis. Can we do that? And they said, oh, we've run out of table tennis balls. Like oh, Pyongyang, there's sorry. no table tennis balls what, in Pyongyang. Well, 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 they can afford a stadium, but yeah, not balls. No, yeah, some <laughs> girls in Thailand that could send some over. <laughs> I've, I've checked the facts for you, Chris. Yeah. Actually, the Gyum Sasan Memorial Palace is rated number four of 43 things to do in Pyongyang. Yes, there are well, only there is a trip advisor. Yep, yeah, and lots four of things and a half to stars. Do. And the lots interesting, the interesting thing about that palace is actually in the rooms beforehand. You go and see all the artefacts and photos from his life where he got to shake the hand of Jimmy Carter or, you, oh, know, you know, like all the sort oh. of moments when he's interacted. And it, it builds this picture of Kim Jong-il, the statesman, mm. um, and, and you realise how legitimising Every single moment, they basically have constructed this whole idea that yeah. uh, just through one handshake of Jimmy Carter once when he handed over some hostages, That's a narrative. suddenly that the narrative is 
this guy is just every day, yeah. you know, on the world stage. Well, that, that's, that's the same, same principle as Facebook. Isn't <laughs> it? You, you know, you look at my photos. I'm, I'm this worldly fellow who goes on these wonderful holidays. Yes. This is all I do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fun. I I'm only, always happy. I only cook photogenic meals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I suspect that's that right Trump um, did, was not aware that the handshake he just did would uh, convey that legitimacy. Why? Uh, I'd like to see Trump, if he was really true about, you know, making, you know, meaningful ties with North Korea, mm. to go and um, do a meeting with Kim Jong-il. Like mm. the dead that's guy. That's true. Yeah. Hey, like it, it's, it's easy to meet a guy that's still living, <laughs> but if he really wants to show his commitment to the region, I think he needs to do a good sit-down lunch with the dead guy. Has he got a <laughs> plaque above the corpse? I think it was Oscar Wilde, I told you I was ill. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Spike Milligan. Spike Milligan. Now, the trip advisor just... Um, got, so yeah, so 50, what's number one? So 52 people reviewed the Gyum Sasan Memorial Palace as excellent. Yep. 17 very good, mm. and one person put terrible. <laughs> terrible. Charles, so, Charles. <laughs> yeah. uh, according to your trip advisor, there's only 43 things to do. Um, number one is uh. the Pyongyang Metro, which I assume people think <laughs> gets you out of Pyongyang. <laughs> <laughs> the number two thing to do is the Tower of the Juche idea. They've got this weird tall tower. The Juche idea is their, is their ideology. Charles, did you go to that? That, that looks very weird. Yeah, yeah, I, I went on the Metro, and it, it, that is actually it's true because it, it's all painted. It was, must have been last painted in about the 1930s or 40s, and it's beautifully rendered. Like it's just, it, it's like riding a, a toy carriage or something like that. So it's like Ooh. Hornsby Railway Station but good. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> the number two yeah. thing is the, sorry, the number three thing is the Victorious Fatherland Liberation War Museum, which oh, sounds yes. pretty rock and roll. Yeah. Mm. And then you've got the, the, the decaying corpse. So not and then the decaying corpse. Oh, oh you got Fantastic. Podium finish. <laughs> so moving on to the next fact about North mm. Korea. Charles, um... It's lucky that the North Koreans forgave you when you were rude to, to Kim Jong-il's corpse and didn't bow because one of the things I want to ask you guys about, Casper Thomas or Cat's Piss, mm. North Korea follows a three generations of punishment rule, which means that if one person breaks the law and gets sent to prison, their children, parents and grandparents sent to work with them. So if you're a little teenager and you're cheeky, grandpa's in the fields alongside you, you know, breaking rocks up with a pickaxe. Should we have that in Australia, Cat's Pajamas or Cat's Piss? I think this is the, the best thing in North Korea because it, it sends a chill through the bones of everyone. In the, <laughs> like nobody I met was disobedient in any way. And they were very, very keen to impress upon me how obedient they were all have the time. I, have I understood it correctly? If your grandfather commits a crime or misdemeanour, yep. both his children and grandchildren also do the time. Yeah, they all, all three generations. They all go off to prison Does camp. it work in yeah. reverse? Like if a grandchild oh, yeah. mucks up, Any order. A, a great-great-grandmother on her deathbed is, no. is yanked out of her <laughs> or yanked out of her deathbed and locked in behind bars? No, no. What it means is if you're a kid and you commit something, a, a crime, it means that then your children, when they finally oh, get born, and their children oh. also just... Remain. Well, you just wouldn't have children. Prison camp. If, if no, no, right. but you do because there's no such thing as nothing um, to eat. <laughs> <laughs> you need you need some some poos some to poos. fertilize the crops. Children That's an produce. Exciting, did it know this rule? Yeah, I was genius. That's it. Cat's pajamas. It is cat's. Well, it's the sort of thing that Peter Dutton 
would yeah. seriously consider. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It doesn't go far enough. It should be seven generations. <laughs> Full credit to Salim Mahaja, though, for, for bringing it into Australia and dragging his sister into the mess with him. I want to move on to one of my favourite facts about North Korea, and this is a um, really important piece of history. In the 1990s, it was made compulsory for all teachers in North Korea to learn how to play the accordion. <laughs> it was called the people's instrument because you could carry it anywhere and uh, they they would learn how to play Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. I'm not making this up. And they redid the words. Uh, so it was a song called We Have Nothing to Envy in the World because <laughs> piano accordions What do you think? Should we insist that teachers across Australia... Um, carry accordions and play cheery patriotic songs at any point in time. Oh, imagine that is the biggest cat's pit. I mean, of all the instruments, of all the irritating <laughs> oh. instruments. Let's have the, a bit the, of accordion the, music in the background to set the scene here. Oh. oh, no, they're so annoying. Imagine if everybody was armed with one. I mean, this just... I, see, I thought I, I, I didn't know this rule about North Korea. I, I knew like France and Italy have a, a mandatory law that all pissy waiters at red touristy restaurants <laughs> have, to have, a, have to have an accordion player. They really do. But I didn't know the school department in North Korea also has. Is it like, cause, yes. I mean, we sort of suffered in Australia with the recorder. That's the, true, yeah. Like, that... and, and the teachers oh. didn't have to be armed with a recorder, mm. even though it's mm. arguably more convenient to carry than a, an accordion. Mm. But you, I think most students sort of had to go through at least a year or two of trying to play it. Yeah. And that was torture enough. But imagine the accordion. Do you, do you think the reason why diplomatic relations, you know, and talks always break down is over the accordion players and, and what to do with them. Yeah. Oh, it's like, will you but... shut that accordion up, please? I can't. I'm going to leave this meeting immediately. I think we should have this in Australia. I, I think that our primary school teachers are letting the, the side down by not throughout the entirety. Imagine how hard you would work in mm. school if the alternative was your teacher playing well, the accordion. That's yeah. Yeah, if, if, yes. you don't, if you don't behave and keep quiet, we'll bring out the accordion. Yeah, here's a bit yes. of the odd rose for you. <laughs> was it part of Gonski's recommendations, I think, that all teachers be armed with an accordion? I think it was. I think it was his fourth, it's his fourth recommendation that a Turnbull government refuses to introduce. That, that, was, that was the BER, I think. That was right. what they spent $13 billion on. Building the accordion <laughs> revolution. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Gonski was a needs-based system, and if there's one thing that we need, it's more accordions. <laughs> isn't that a great? Isn't that a great? I love that. North Korea. All right, mm. in North Korea, it is currently the year one hundred and seven, uh, not to twenty eighteen, because they mark years in North Korea from the birth of Kim Il Sung rather than Jesus. Kim Il Sung being more important than Jesus. Should we change the date so that in Australia we date things from some sort of arbitrary date? Maybe the birth of Warney. Or something. Yes. Shall we change oh, yeah. the date here? Or the birth of Menzies. People say like change that. the date talking about Australia Day. What if we changed all of the dates? That's a great idea. Yeah, no, that, that's it'd be much easier to keep keep track of because these numbers are getting very high. You know, yeah. once you've gone past a thousand, I oh, yeah, I never know what year it is. I, I think we should just adopt the North Korean system and date from when what's his face was was born. <laughs> Kim Il Sung. Like, yeah, or, yeah, but, you know. Or should it just reset whenever there's a new leader? So in our example, Turnbull, oh, yeah. what are we, 1.4 years? Every six months. Every year would be one or two no, since it the would be. So You know they do that in Japan. Each new emperor, <laughs> you start they? the dates again. Yeah. But it, no, no, but it would do be you? his birthday. It's actually his birthday that yeah, they Kim date it from. Birthday. So it, it would be, we'd be like 60. If it was Turnbull, it would oh, be I like see. 60. So it's not years in rule. Oh. Yeah, no, no. It's it's years from the birthday of of your leader. Oh, well, that oh, would see. work. Yeah, that would I think work. Well, that's I mean, although the Japanese emperor system would fall down because they they seem to live for about four hundred and six years <laughs> each. <I> mean, <laughs> they do. <laughs> 
Now, speaking of Kim Il-sung, the man whose date is used as kind of year zero for uh, North Korea, this is a really interesting fact about North Korea. <laughs> Did you know that Kim Il-sung is still the president of North Korea? He's considered the president even though he is dead, making North Korea the only necrocracy in the world <laughs> where you are governed a by word? a dead person. It is actually a, 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 that's, that is a genuine word for North Korea. Should we actually in Australia have a dead person as our leader. Well, for me, Gough Whitlam will always be our leader. Right. <laughs> I, I, I do not accept and, that he ever got sacked. And you think he's better dead than he was alive. Oh, definitely. I, I think his, these are the prime mm, Gough years. He's been, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly much better economic management since he died. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you say that, but if for mine, Harold Holt never, well, he never yielded power. Mm, he never had, mm, he's still prime minister mm, somewhere. Mm. And in, in a way, we do have this system because you could argue that the the monarchy is a dead institution mm. and, so, and we are currently <laughs> ruled by Her Majesty the well, Queen. Well, are we sure she's even still alive, really? Well, they exactly. They could have been having an animatronic mm. queen for years. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I, it might fix a lot of problems if the Americans adopted this system because, you know, a dead president can't use Twitter. And I, I think To be that, fair, they've tried be very better. hard in North America. They've killed so many. I mean, JFK, they did their best to make sure they had a dead president. Mm. When that happened. So when North Korea talk about dear leader, is is that not Kim Jong-un? Is that... They all have different terms. Oh, do they? So so each one is crucially important. See, well, what's it going to be like in 500 years' time when they've had about 100 of these guys and they're going to have to call, have a different name for each one? And are some more dear than others? Like, why, why not? I mean, you only need to change one letter <laughs> well, in dear to dead leader and well, suddenly yeah. we're 100% more accurate. More dear. I mean, is, is it a sort of like a price, of, price is right style board that uh, they yeah. might have when you get into the airport? And you rank the, your, your <laughs> dead leader. Rank the dearness, <laughs> the dearness. Of, of the dictators. Well, I know that uh, Kim Jong-un is known not as the dear leader but as the brilliant comrade. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Brilliant comrade. <laughs> I think <laughs> we should, like, that's what... Turnbull should call himself. He does. He does yeah. call himself brilliant all the time. <laughs> Maybe not so much comrade, but I'm sure he's across brilliant. Speaking of, of Kim Jong-un, the current leader, uh, there is a law that in North Korea there's a very limited list of haircuts that you're allowed to have. There's about five for women <laughs> mm. and men. And the most popular, of course, is the Kim Jong-un, the sort of uh, the spikes with the, the shaved back. It's got a bit of an undercut, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, should we all in Australia have to have the same Haircut, the haircut of our leader. How, how would that work for you, Dom? <laughs> mm. I'd have to wear a wig. I'd have to wear a Malcolm Turnbull wig. <laughs> looking... what, do, what do North Koreans do if they suffer from the sort of baldness problems that you have, Dom? Do they have to wear like a Kim Jong-un wig? Well, Can you buy those? I think that's why Kim Jong-un probably executed his uncle with that anti-aircraft gun because he, he was losing his hair. He just couldn't get the right haircut. Couldn't keep in. the haircut in. Oh, I, I think because it's hereditary, isn't it? So that's probably where the three generations of punishment came in. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Too many bald... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I... <clears throat> There's something to this idea. It cat's pyjamas for me that you show your ultimate obedience and loyalty to the leader by mimicking, mimicking their um, appearance. Mm. So imagine in Nazi Germany, if everyone got around with the Hitler mo. Oh, mm. yeah. I mean, yeah. that just would have been so much funnier. It would have been hilarious. It's, it's sort of yeah. slightly disarming it, when only one guy's got it. But if the whole country did it while they were goose-stucking <laughs> away, it would have been a, a, a slapstick and decade. Imagine, imagine how hilarious Schindler's <laughs> List would have been. It was a movie. More like a Mel Brooks movie or everyone something. Everyone looks like Charlie Chaplin. Right. Fantastic. What about uh, downstairs? Do they, have to, do they have to copy? Are there only five permitted styles? That's a um, very good question. It doesn't say... <laughs> 
<laughs> but I can imagine, you know, once the deal leader goes Brazilian, that's national, surely. Well, Andrew, yeah. how many styles are there downstairs? That's well, a good point. For men. I've seen I mean, a few in magazines. I mean, no, I, you know, for men. Like how many ways eh? can we oh, wear for, it? For men, well, look at well, these magazines. Different, different lengths. You can get rid of it entirely. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've tried it many ways. I, I, I change monthly. Do you? Can you yeah. perm your pubes? Can you kind Absolutely, of you yes, go yes, run yes, on you, McDonald's yeah, down you there? The, mm, you can get the, the curling irons out if you want, want them to be <laughs> very tight. Plats. or you plaits um, would be nice. Or ponytail. Yes. Absolutely, a little little mohawk I've, I've had from time to time. <laughs> but uh, I, I wonder if the North Koreans, I mean, do you think Kim Jong-un, though, look, has the same style downstairs as, as on his head? Oh, so an undercut sort <laughs> of undercut. under the <laughs> testicles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And undercarriage, then a, undercut. And then, and then that fringe sort of falling down <laughs> yeah. over his sloop. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you might? <laughs> yeah, that is Casper Jarman. Charles, you're a journalist who's <laughs> been to North Korea. Did you investigate the one thing we only care about? What does his cock look like? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's why I was there. <laughs> let, let me guess, your answer's going to be very yellow. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe Kim Jong-un has a waxy cock for sure. <laughs> right, now, Charles, you might have actually experienced this when you are in North Korea. Let me know. Uh, and I want to know if this is Casper Jarman's or Cat's Piss. In North Korea... Uh, cannabis is both legal and recommended as an alternative to tobacco because it's healthier. They don't really have any rules against drugs at all. And really? um, Yeah, mm. they even sell weed grown in North Korea ab- abroad to earn foreign currency. Now we know why Charles mm. made a speedy visit there. Well, the, I heard about this, <laughs> but I never, ever saw any cannabis at all the, the entire time I was there. And I was there for about a week. And, well, and if mm. only you'd bowed further down, then yeah. the whole uh. delights of the cannabis side of the country might have been revealed. <laughs> well, it, I was there just after they'd had this devastating drought. And, oh, and bad season for, yeah. for dope. Oh. So I wonder, I don't think that they were growing much of anything. Um, mm. And now we know why they need so much manure. Mm. It's all the, <laughs> yeah, it's all the it's dope grow this pot. I mean, it, yeah, the pot mustn't smell very good. It was all grown in human <laughs> poos. Could North Korea become the new Amsterdam, a place for, for weed fans to travel? I could see that potentially happening. Would you oh, go to North Korea so. to smoke the weed, cat's pyjamas or cat's piss? Uh, well, not me, but I'm not a smoker personally, but I can see... A fabulous way of attracting tourism mm. um, for mm. millennials, especially, and people experimenting, you know, young backpackers. Um, it's a lot closer to Australia. Um, mm. I hear they're very unfussy about where you take a shit. So, <laughs> no, I, 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 I do think between us we could fill the gap in the Lonely Planet market and write the book right now saying you can get dope, you can take a dump, and if you've uh, got a bit of spare time, you can check out the president's knob. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you get the munchies, though, in North Korea? Oh, well, then you're doomed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Go to North Korea for the dope. Uh, stay because you've been locked up for three generations. <laughs> and look, finally, based on all the information I've given you here today, North Korea, cat's pyjamas or cat's piss, what do we think? I mean, Charles, having been there... Ah, oh, look, it, it, the... The most, like, yes, it's got all the punishment. Yes, everyone's incredibly scared all the time. It's basically a terror state. There's nothing to eat and I didn't even see any dope. But on the other hand, real estate prices are pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. Cat's pyjamas. Cat's pyjamas. (laughs) Let's all move there tomorrow. We'll catch you next time. 
Cat's Pyjamas or Cat's Piss with The Chaser was written and presented by The Chaser. Created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Alex Mitchell. Sound production by Darcy Thompson and Matt Nikolic. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au. Download the Podcast One app or search Cat's Pyjamas on Apple Podcasts.